And now, Schnell reads you the rulebook for Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Two to five players, 30 to 45 minute playtime, ages 14 plus. Components. 35 meeples, seven in each color. Five research tokens, one in each player color. Five shield tokens. Five tower tokens, one in each player color. 15 resource tokens, five of each mana, ore, and food. Two 12-sided war dice. One active player token. 16 exploration tokens, mini expansions. 13 faction cards. Eight territory cards, double-sided. One action card, one tower card. Story. In Tiny Epic Kingdoms, you rule, but whether you reign supreme or crumble under pressure is entirely in your hands. You'll be exploring lands and factions, expanding your kingdom, exploiting opportunities, and exterminating all those who would question your rule. But so will everyone else. The results of this tiny conflict are nothing short of epic. Setup. Place the tower card and the action card in the middle of the table. Then place the five shield tokens next to the action card. Note. For two-player games, five-player games, or when you are using the exploration tokens, please refer to the end of the rulebook for modified rules. Give each player seven meeple in their color, one of each resource token, mana, ore, and food, one research token in their color, one tower token in their color, one faction card, random draw, or chosen by each player, one territory card, random draw, then players choose which side to use, this is considered the player's home territory. Each player should place their resource tokens on the resource track of their faction card to represent a total of six resources. For first-time players, it is suggested they take one ore, two mana, three food. The zero space is considered off the card. The tower token below their tower card, this will be used to track their tower level. Their research token below the magic levels of their faction card, this will be used to track their magic level two meeple on one region of their home territory card. Gameplay Overview Players compete for the most victory points by expanding their population, researching magic, and building towers. The game is played in a series of turns. Each turn, the active player selects an available action that all players will get a chance to perform. Then the active player token is passed to the next player clockwise and a new turn begins. Play continues like this until one player completes one of the end-of-game conditions after which players will add up their victory points and determine a winner. Assign the active player token. The player who most recently swung a sword is given the active player token and starts the game, or determine the first player randomly. On your turn. Your turn has five steps. 1. If no more actions are available, clear the action card by removing all the shield tokens. 2. Select an available action. 3. Take action, or collect resources. 4. Check for end-of-game conditions. 5. Pass the active player token clockwise. 1. Clear the action card. If all five shield tokens have been placed on the action card, take them all off and place them to the side of the card. You will now be able to select any action. 2. Select an action. Place one of the shield tokens on the action card. It must be placed on an action that doesn't already have a shield token on it. Announce which action you are selecting. 3. Take action or collect resources. First, as the active player, you must either take the action you selected or choose to do nothing. Then, in clockwise order, each other player must take the action you selected or collect resources. The active player cannot choose to collect resources. Take action. 
there are six actions on the action card. Patrol, regional movement slash engage in war. Quest, territory movement slash engage in war. Build, construct tower. Research, learn magic abilities. Expand, increase population. Trade, resource exchange. Patrol, move one of your meeples into an adjacent region. That is one that shares a common border with another on the same territory card. You cannot patrol across water, including rivers or crags. Quest. Move one of your meeples from one territory card to any other territory card. A player may only quest to and from a region that borders the edge of a territory card. You cannot quest across water, including rivers or crags. Movement rules. You cannot move into a region that already has two meeples. At no point may more than two meeples of any color be in the same region. You may never occupy a region occupied by an opposing player's last meeple, nor may you use your last meeple to enter a region occupied by an opponent. War. If you move a meeple into a region with another player's meeple, you attack and start a war. You, the moving player, are the attacker. The other player whose meeple was already in the region is the defender. 1. Set. Both players take a war die and, using their hand as cover, secretly set it face up to a number indicating the total war cost they are willing to incur to fight the war, maximum 11. Players must have enough value in resources and ability bonuses when setting the die to pay their chosen war cost. Or, a player may set their die to the white flag to offer a peaceful alliance which requires no cost in resources. 2. Reveal. Both players reveal their war die. The player with the highest war cost wins and takes control of the region. The other player with the lowest war cost is the loser. If both players have selected the same war cost, the tie goes to the defender, who then becomes the winner. If both players chose a white flag, a peaceful alliance is formed. 3. Resolve. Win or lose, both players must pay their war cost. To pay your war cost, subtract any war cost abilities and then pay the remaining value with resources at the rate mana is worth 2, ore is worth 1, food is worth 0. Then, the winner's meeple will remain in the warring region. The player who lost must retreat their meeple or remove it from play and return it to their supply. Retreat. After war costs are paid, the losing player must pay food equal to the number of meeples they currently have in play to move their meeple to an adjacent region. This cannot result in another war. If there are no regions to move to, or the player does not have enough food, retreat is not an option. Remove the meeple from play and return it to the player's supply. Example. Brittany starts a war with Mike. Brittany has a total of 1 mana, 2 ore, and has a faction that offers negative 1 war cost. Brittany sets her war die to a power of 5 even though she can only pay for a war cost of 4. Mike wants to conserve his resources, so he sets his war die to the white flag to offer peace. Mike and Brittany reveal their war die. Brittany's 5 beats Mike's 0, so she wins. Brittany only has to pay a war cost of 4, even though she set her war die to a power of 5. This is because of her faction's researched special ability. Mike chose peace and therefore pays no war cost. He must retreat or remove his meeple from play. Alliance. Both players offer peace. Both meeples remain in the region, and both players will enjoy the benefits of that region. The two players are now considered to be in an alliance. Later, an allied player may patrol or quest their meeple out of an allied region without penalty. If those players do not have any more allied regions together, they are no longer in an alliance. Breaking Alliances 
If a player ever moves into a region which starts a war with an ally and doesn't offer peace, all allied regions they share are in jeopardy from this war. The war's winner will claim control of all the regions they share with the losing player. The player who lost must retreat all of their meeples in shared regions, paying the cost of retreat for each meeple, or remove them from play. The order in which these lost regions are resolved is chosen by the player who lost. If breaking an alliance would result in a player losing the last of their meeples, and the player cannot retreat a single meeple, then that player may keep one meeple for free and must place their meeple in the nearest unoccupied region, even if that means placing it in a region on a different territory card. Build. Pay the number of ore necessary to reach the next level of your tower. For example, the first level costs one ore, the second level costs two ore, and so forth. Advance your tower token up by one level. You may only build one tower level per action. Tower tokens should be placed in the middle column of the card as they advance. At the end of the game, you'll gain victory points equal to that listed on your tower level. Research. Pay the number of mana necessary to reach the next magic level. For example, the first level costs one mana, the second level costs two mana, and so forth. Your magic level is marked by advancing your research token up by one level. You may only learn one magic per action. You now have access to the special ability given by that magic level and any already learned. At the end of the game, you'll gain victory points equal to your magic level. Expand. Add new meeple to a region, and pay food equal to the number of meeples you now have in play. For example, placing your fourth meeple cost four food. The new meeple must be placed in the same region with another meeple of your color. Since you may never have more than two meeples in any region, if you do not already have a solitary meeple, you may not expand. At the end of the game, you'll gain one victory point for each of your meeples in play, except for those in the ruins. Trade. You may discard any number of one resource type and gain an equal number of another resource type. For example, you may discard three food to gain three ore. You may only trade once per action. Collect resources. Instead of taking the actions selected by the active player, non-active players can collect resources from your occupied regions. For each region occupied by at least one of your meeples, you collect one resource of that type. Note: Having more than one meeple on a region does not provide additional resources for that region. You still only collect one. Keep track of your resources by using the resource track of your faction card, with the appropriate resource tokens showing how many of that resource you have. When you collect resources, you gain mana from the forests, ore from the mountains, food from the plains. The maximum number of resources you can have is 9 of each type. Your marker may never go past the end of your resource track. Note, in the rare event that you are reduced to one meeple in play, you gain a bonus resource of your choice in addition to the resource you gain from the region your meeple occupies. Other regions. Water and crags. These regions are impassable and cannot be occupied unless stated otherwise by faction abilities. Rivers are impassable, and regions split by a river are not considered adjacent. Capital Cities A capital city is worth two victory points for the player who occupies it at the end of the game. If two allied players share a capital city, both allied players receive one victory point. A capital city does not provide resources. Ruins Once a player's meeple enters or expands into the ruins, it must be knocked over to indicate it is searching. When collecting resources, a knocked-over meeple searching the ruins collects one resource of the player's choice. A knocked-over meeple cannot move. However, it is treated normally regarding war and the expand action. 
When taking a patrol action, instead of moving a meeple, you may stand up a knocked-over meeple. A meeple standing in the ruins is unable to collect any resources. However, it may now patrol or quest as normal. At the end of the game, meeples in the ruins are considered lost and removed from play before scoring. 4. Check for end of game conditions. Once every player has taken the action or collected resources, players should check to see if anyone has hit one of the following end game conditions. A player has all seven of their meeples in play. A player has built the sixth level on the tower card. A player has mastered all five levels of magic on their faction card. If one of these conditions has been met by any player, the end of the game is triggered. The trigger cannot be reversed by future actions. Play continues until the next time the action card is cleared. At that point, the game ends immediately. Refer to the scoring section below to determine the winner. 5. Pass the active player token. Pass the active player token clockwise, indicating who will select the next action. It is now their turn. Scoring. After the game is over, each player gets victory points as follows. One point for each of your meeples in play, except for those in the ruins. One point for each level of magic reached. Points for the tower, as indicated on the tower card. Points for capital cities. The most points wins. In the event of a tie, check these tie-breaking conditions in this order. Meeples in play, tower level, magic level reached, and total resources. If the tie remains, the game ends in a tie. Playing with the exploration tokens. Shuffle the 16 exploration tokens and randomly place one exploration token face down in each region not occupied by a player's starting meeples. The number of exploration tokens in play will vary by the number of players you have. Do not place exploration tokens on water or crags regions. When a meeple moves into a region with an exploration token, reveal the token and resolve it using the following table. Crown. The crown is put into the possession of the player who finds it. This is placed on their faction card. It is worth two victory points at the end of the game. If the player who has the crown ever loses a war, they must yield the crown to the player who defeated them. Treasure. Immediately gain two resources of your choice and discard this token. Bandit. When this token is revealed, you immediately get ambushed. Pay two resources of your choice or remove your meeple and place it back in your supply, then discard this token. Dragon's Lair. This token stays on the board in the region that it was found. If the player that controls this region defeats another player in war, in any region, he or she may make the losing player drop one level on the tower card instead of losing his or her meeple. In this event, the loser's meeple must retreat to an open adjacent region at no cost. If there is no open adjacent region, then the meeple is removed and placed in the losing player's supply. The losing player's tower is still dropped by one. Camp. This token stays on the board in the region that it was found. This region now gives an additional resource to the player who controls it. The resource is of the same type of that region. Fort. This token stays on the board in the region that it was found. The player who controls this region is granted negative two war cost when attacking any region. Town. This token stays on the board in the region where it was found. At the end of the game, this region is worth one additional victory point. Church. This token stays on the board in the region that it was found. If the player that controls this region loses a meeple in war, they may place it in the region with the church instead of losing it. This can only be done once. Discard the church token once it has been used. If there are two meeples in the region with the church, its power cannot be used. Blank. This token does nothing. Discard it. Playing with five players. 
The rules for a five-player game are the same, with the exception that the player who clears the action card gets skipped. The active player token is passed to the next player. No action is taken that turn. This ensures that players have an equal opportunity to make the first selection. If you are playing with the exploration tokens, remove one blank token before shuffling. Each player places three exploration tokens in their home territory. Playing with two players. To play with two players, a third territory card needs to be added to the game. This is called the Lost Kingdom. Randomly place one of the unused territory cards in the middle of the table and populate each region with a meeple from an unused color. These are considered neutral meeples. During play, the players have the option of invading the Lost Kingdom. To do so, a player must start a war with a neutral meeple. To win the war, the player must pay a war cost at least equal to or higher than the current number of neutral meeples in play. By doing so, the player takes control of the region and removes the neutral meeple. The player should place the neutral meeple in their area, out of play, as it is worth one victory point at the end of the game. You cannot start a war with a neutral meeple if you cannot pay the required war cost. Players cannot form an alliance in a two-player game. At the end of the game, players gain one additional victory point for each region they occupy in the Lost Kingdom, plus one victory point for each neutral meeple they captured. Okay, you should be all set. And if you're looking for more rulebooks, please check out beardgamers.com. Thanks for listening.